0: You alien assholes, in the words of my generation, up yours! That's great, it starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplane, and Lenny Bruce is not a
1: to the film room this may be the
2: last cast that we get to record before the hiatus and uh so this will be one that you'll be hearing during the banked times and it's one that was definitely definitely had to go on the schedule this was one that there was no doubt we were going to do um today we are stopping and looking at independence day in theory in reality i've kind of got a lot of stuff that i want to talk about about how the movie industry has changed in the last 20 years and this is such a perfect one to use as an example of what has changed and what hasn't. This is just, this is a good test case. But
1: as I said, I also really want to talk about the movie because I have a lot of thoughts on the movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but I've seen it enough to, you know, be able to talk about it. That's kind of the fun of the movie. And that I'm going to ask,
2: I know you're a couple years younger than I am, so you didn't see this in a theater, did you? No, I
1: did not. I would have been... I would have been ten. I mean, it wasn't completely out of the question. No, no. I think it was like PG thirteen. Yeah, because I was twelve. Uh. Yeah, but no, I I saw it on video, and uh, I was very very conscious of it, and it was popular within uh, my demographic. Yeah.
2: Um, I was um I was twelve um, and I actually have a very happy story about it. I didn't see it until the Dollar Theater, but I went with my dad to see it uh at the uh, now shuttered uh, Tandy Ten in Little Rock or well north little rock believe me people in town would jump down my throat for that uh, distinction um so, <laughs> so i went to see it there um i went to see it with him and i had a really good time uh, i thought it was a really entertaining movie uh i thought that then i think that now this is the kind of movie that i think is perfect to come out when you're a 12 year old boy because it's lots of explosions it's funny it's exciting it's not too scary it's It's just entertaining. It's just a really big, entertaining movie. As I said, I kind of see this one as a flashpoint in cinema history. Uh, It, of course, uh, came out 20 years ago, uh, about the time that we were going to be hearing this cast. Um, uh, It came from director Roland Emmerich, who was inspired to make it when someone asked him if he believed in aliens while uh, doing a, a press tour for Stargate a movie that I've never been all that particularly high on. I've never been particularly as into the franchise as other people are. I know it's popular, but it never was really for me. Um, But Emmerich was inspired to make the movie by just that basic comment. He was like, okay, that's an interesting question. And he started to think about, okay, how would he do an alien invasion movie? And okay, that was in like September of 94. The movie was shooting in July, 1995. There was a pretty tight turnaround. Uh, I mean, I suspect he probably, I suspect he probably had a lot of these ideas pretty much already percolating, and that was what just made it catalyze, uh, I don't know, that's the story that Wikipedia had, um, all the same, it's not, it's not hard to believe that this movie was a tightly turned around film, uh, he wrote it with his, uh, then writing partner, Dean Devlin, um, uh, they've, uh, they've not been working, uh, t- I think they did collaborate on the sequel, which is coming out, um. Uh, at the same time that you're going to be hearing this cast But, um, yeah, they had a nasty uh, falling out after uh, Godzilla Which...
1: Oh, really? Yeah I think there is a... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong I think there is a little bit of a gap in rule in Nimic's career uh, Is that why, do you think? That that they had that? Yeah, I think so uh, In recent years, the only one I can think of that he's done is 2012 well, he's actually worked quite a bit. Uh, he, did,
2: um, he did the um, very ill-received Anonymous, which did to history what Independence Day does to science. Uh, he did uh, Stonewall, which does to history what Independence Day does to science. He really should not be doing movies based on real things. And then he did White House Down, which I've heard was a lot of fun, but had the unfortunate fate of coming out after Olympus Has Fallen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is a shame because I've heard his I've heard his is the much better movie actually. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard his his is uh for what it's worth, I like Emric. Uh, a lot of people really trash uh the day after tomorrow, but I love it precisely because it knows exactly what it is. It is a big goofy movie that is ridiculous. And here's the thing. He he brought the same style to Godzilla, but the problem with that was that Godzilla doesn't really work with that trying to be too self-consciously wink wink there's all kinds of problems with godzilla and we covered it on that cast yeah but getting but getting to this one as i said it was a quick rushed production but all the same they were still able to put together a very impressive cast uh jeff goldblum from uh jurassic park Uh, Came in to give it some blockbuster cred Uh, Bill Pullman was working a lot at the time And so he got brought in to play the president Yeah But of course what everybody remembers this one for Rightly so Because he is the co-lead Is Will Smith This was the movie that really broke Smith Sort of Yeah That's that's always the narrative that people get I don't agree with that I I don't think that's true This may have been the biggest movie that he did But we forget that Bad Boys was the year before I credit that as the movie that people really watched and were like, oh, this guy's an action hero.
1: Yeah. The catalyst of the plot of Jersey Girl relies on the fact that this was his big break. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. God,
2: that movie. I don't, I don't, I don't like Jersey Girl. Oh, God, I kind of hate it.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot that we differed on that. <laughs> yeah, big time, because I hate it. I mean,
2: but I, I, but I will say, I mean, Smith did come out of this a huge star, um, The movie was, as I said, this is the biggest grossing film of 1996, by a pretty big margin, actually. I mean, I think Twister was close, but that was it. Um,
1: Is it it bad that this, uh, a movie with kind of no real substance whatsoever, but intentionally so, has a lot more substance
2: than Twister? It is very bad, especially when you consider that this came from two guys who I don't happen to consider all that good writers that's kind mm-hmm. of a problem there um that is a problem um one thing i will say about uh about this movie yeah is, as i said yeah it, it it is a big problem they it it's not good that's not what we should be aiming for in our cinema okay i mean again think about the murderer's row of writers on twister that's this is pathetic but anyway getting getting to this movie um as said huge hit uh this was The uh, release of the trailer during the Super Bowl really cemented the idea of the Super Bowl as the place for uh, big ads. Really, all the rush that you saw to get disaster movies out the next year stems from this movie. Armageddon is directly, uh, it exists because this movie existed. By the way, up until this morning, I really had labored under the impression that Armageddon was the highest grossing film of 1998. (laughs) As as I informed you just before we started recording, actually it was uh, Saving Private Ryan, so, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay for that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um Armageddon is one of the movies that if you're looking if you're looking through the catalog for the cr- Criterion collection, it's the one of the movies that makes you pause and go, What? Why? They,
2: because it's sold. Because because it's sold and by selling it made It made it possible for them to do other stuff. That's all I can say. Um, But, uh, you know, we're here to talk about... We're not here to talk about that one. We're here to talk about this one. And so, you said you haven't seen it in a while. I want to hear your thoughts just from someone with, again, that kind of
1: vague memory. What are your impressions of the film? It's very shticky. It's very schlocky. Uh, I just remember... It's it's fun. I mean, it's um, it's not just it's not just you know going from point A to point B. Well, it kind of is, but you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like that. You know, I think it feels like kind of a fleshed out concept.
2: Yeah, it, it is a remarkably good script. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. think it gets enough credit for that. I mean, I, I say that uh, Devlin and Emmerich aren't much writers. They they really that's not fair. They they really do a very good job. Fleshing out this world, fleshing out these characters to the point where I actually do care about the sequel.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of jokes have been made over the years of, you know, let's put of the solution of let's put a computer virus in the alien's computer system. Which is like, yeah, in the coding world, that is not possible at all. But it is still... It's clever. Yeah, it's clever. I still like that solution because... You know, I mean, and we are also talking about 1996. Think of computers in 1996, how they worked, and the fact that computer viruses were still a very new thing. Nobody bad at that. Sorry, nobody bad at that uh, solution in 1996. Besides, which you also have to realize, what is that ending?
2: It's a reference to War of the Worlds, after all. It is actually. You're right. I didn't think of that i mean it's a reference to war of the worlds it's 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 a cute little homage and again yeah i think i would find that i I think i would find that so much more offensive if it was in a movie that took itself hyper seriously
1: yeah and this does i mean for god's sake the movie opens with uh it's the end of the world as we know it playing on a radio which i which i is a
2: touch that i love so much um yeah, this is a movie that does not take itself seriously one bit, and I, I I think that that has to. I think if you were to ask me why this movie has endured over twenty years, it's because of that very fact. It doesn't take itself seriously even in the slightest. It doesn't think, oh, I'm this big, smart, you know, oh, you're you're going to be so impressed with me, and you're going to come away from this having, I don't, no, it's a movie that knows. Look, this is an idiot movie. This is a B movie, except somehow we've got. A ridiculous amount of money to make it We've got the top special effects engineers In the world making this Look, this is still an idiot movie This is still an Ed Wood saucer movie It's just that we've got An incredible cast, we've got Everything working for it
1: It's got a big budget
2: Huge, huge, huge budget, but it's no different And that's kind of what I love About this movie, is that uh, Because my friend Rodney watched it recently And he was surprised by how cheesy it was And I understand that Yeah because it was actually sold a little bit more seriously than it actually is, like it was sold a bit as a doom and gloom serious movie, and it's not let's not kid ourselves this is this is a dumb guy movie, but
1: you know what it's a fun it's a fun dumb guy movie. One of the notable things I remember about it is uh the fact that well they blow up the white House, mm. like the aliens blow up the white house that's one of the that's one of the key shots from the movie. And uh, I just remember news stories of, uh, oh, well, this is something that Clinton actually watched in the White House theater. Hmm. <laughs> so well, just imagine that. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. This, th- I like that
2: in the trailer for this second one, they're even pointing out the aliens do love landmarks. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. You cannot take this movie seriously even for one second because of things like that. They stole directly.
1: They stole that directly from Futurama, which is great
2: <laughs> Yeah, which is fitting I mean, it's feeding into the whole... I mean, I, I like their, that it's becoming this recursive circle uh, As I said, this is such a stupid movie And yet, the more that I talk about it as a stupid movie I know that sounds like I'm insulting it I'm so not I'm not insulting this movie, even in the least I'm praising the movie for being so stupid That is... Because that's what I love about it, because I think if this movie did take itself seriously again, all the fun would be gone. There's a certain major blockbuster recently that would that would have worked so much better if it had just embraced how stupid it was, and it didn't. You know which one I'm talking about. I don't have to say it i'm still I'm still in warning mode I'm not Batman vs Superman would have been so much better oh.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so I, but mean, I mean, I can't really. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I again,
2: I I and what really helps this movie again is the fact that you've got this exceptionally good cast of actors. Um, you know, Goldblum is it, it's kind of a shame that after this and uh The Lost World, Goldblum kind of slipped back into character actor mode. And I yeah. I don't like that because you know, we often mock him for how easy it is to imitate his very distinct style, his very distinct Manner of speech, but yeah, I, I, I've i always enjoyed Goldblum um, By the way, I like the fact That we're not even bothering with Discussing the plot, because everybody knows it
1: Of course Aliens invade Earth, boom,
2: done Aliens invade Earth, and there are coincidences All over the place
1: Yeah, one, one thing that we'll say about Jeff Goldblum, I do like the work that he's Done after the 90s Oh uh, yeah, he's been on a lot of Wes Anderson's films. His tints on Tim and Eric are funny. Like, he, that's where, where he really gets to poke fun at himself.
0: You're a focused... powerful... force of nature, aren't you? Five minutes, Mr. Goldblum. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hello. My name is Jeff Goldblum. How are you? Uh, I'd like to tell you, if I may, about... Uh, a miracle wonder drug. It's called Weight Let's say you have a Lifetime Achievement Award show on Friday, but it's only Tuesday. And you just, you know, you can't wait. Well, you just take a, your Weight Mate, and you're off to a deep, deep sleep. And when you wake up, ah, uh, you're there. You haven't had to wait. Hmm. <sighs> it's time to celebrate my career (sighs) thanks wait mate overuse can cause serious memory loss oh Jeff (sighs) handsome for a man
2: he very much embraces his image he embraces his status as just the weird guy, he he knows he's good at it, and he's an extremely funny actor, he's extremely funny, so
1: yeah, do you remember uh the one the Twitter death rumor mill was really gay. Yes, into high
2: gear. and he went on uh, Colbert.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's
2: it's so goofy. Uh, I, again, I, I I like the guy. I I I'm glad he's back for the sequel. Uh, he just signed on to uh, play a role in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Ah, oh, nice. So he's kind of he's kind of he's he's starting the work is starting to pick up. Uh, part of it was that he's uh he's got a family going too. I mean that's that's part of what he's been doing with his time. But I mean, he's also extremely rich as a result of these movies that he's done. So uh, it's it's hard not... But I, again, he's one of those actors. I, I don't think that... I don't think films would have been worse if we'd had a little bit more of him. And by God, the fun of when uh, Jurassic Park uh, had its 20th anniversary was everybody remembering just what a. I, I don't know if people are sarcastic or serious when they talk about how much he uh turned them on in that movie i kind of think serious though no you think i'm kidding i kind of think some of these people are seriously
1: i can't say i'm surprised at that because there is a shot in jurassic park where he is on the jeep uh like he's been injured and there's a shot that serves no purpose other than for him to display yeah Oh yeah, yeah, everybody's seen that image Uh, I know what Twister could have used to make it at least decent, Jeff Goldblum Oh, you know, he actually would have been a, a
2: much better fit I can't help but wonder if actually Bill Paxton's role was kind of written with someone like him in mind Yeah Now, I mean, beginning to him in this movie, he's very much playing his, I mean, he's basically playing his part from Jurassic Park again I mean there's little difference. He's someone who's an expert at some in a strange field. In this case satellite communications. Uh he's the exposition guy. Um he's brought in to add just a you know to do that kind of thing. Uh, he of course gets saddled with the god I ha- I I hate this plot so much. The uh wife that he's uh, estranged from but by god this horrible disaster is going to bring them back together. Ah uh, yeah. Movies, please quit doing this plot. Yeah,
1: because that's not gonna bring them back together. Yeah,
2: it's not gonna bring anybody back together. You've just survived a horrible trauma. Any uh, emotional reactions that you're having due to it are entirely the result of being in a psychosis-induced state due to what you've been through.
1: That's that's the same principle that um, actors on set mm-hmm. uh, go through, like when they're in when their characters are like in a romantic situation that's why you know you see so many stories of oh so-and-so got together and then like six months later oh well they broke up okay there's actually kind of a funny story about this uh alice
2: hannigan's husband was on uh buffy for a period uh and well they weren't even dating at the time she actually wanted to uh date him actually uh she wanted to get uh And he refused, he said no While we're working together, this is a bad idea Let's not And they waited until after You know, after he left the show And he went on to Angel And uh, then they did get together And uh, are married to this day
1: Yeah That's smart though
2: That is smart, I mean you acknowledge the situation You you acknowledge that it's high emotions And high intensity Um, But again, I, I, I always That trope is so irritating because you just know That it's psychologically unhealthy, it, you know what it kind of comes off as is fantasy for people who've been in bad relationships. It's like I can be the I can step up and prove to be the hero of the day in this situation. um I will say there is a brilliant, brilliant deconstruction of this, but it's in a movie that I don't want to spoil for you, so I'm not gonna say what it is, yeah, but there is a movie that deals with that whole idea of the hero complex, so You'll, right. you'll know it when you see it, and you will see it. <laughs> All right, but but I I don't know. Um, but I I've always found that trope, and it's not very well done here. Um, one thing I will say is it is kind of cloying how Jewish Goldblum's character is played up as, because uh, he's got his father played by Judd Hirsch. Oh God, who yeah, kind of plays it a bit to the stereo, kind of plays the stereotype up a lot. And that's kind of a little bit grating. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't wear very well as the movie goes on. Uh, Hirsch is, I mean, I like Hirsch. Uh, I love Taxi after all, but yeah, kind of could have done without that. Kind of could have done without this character. Uh, then, of course, you've got the uh, plot of the president who was established as being a former fighter pilot, which means that he actually gets to do something in the uh, final act. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. Uh, yeah uh the character uh uh, you know it occurs to me there's another actor whose career pretty much hit the skids after this movie uh this was kind of the last thing bill pullman did before he went back into just character actor work that kind of sucks actually i i i've always liked him i always thought he was a good actor
1: yeah uh he he's it's it's fun whenever he shows up in a movie
2: he's underrated he first of all he's an extremely good comedic actor um
1: yeah, I mean, just walk, you gotta watch Spaceballs. I know,
2: I know, I know. I mean, fair proof. <laughs> he, he's great in that, and I mean, I, I understand he his career hit the it hit the skids very hard after this movie, and that sucks. But I mean, and yeah, that happens. Uh, he's good here. I mean, he's believable as the president, and of course, he gets that speech. He gets the speech that everybody knows. um... Everybody can quote it verbatim. That's the thing. Everybody knows the grand rallying speech, and it's a good speech, and he delivers it well. It's so corny. It,
1: yeah, it's one that's been mimicked uh, in lots of movies afterward. But but it's good. It's effective, and it it captures the tone. I'm fairly a hundred percent certain that the speech in Pacific Rim is just is mimicking this one. Oh, all the way. I mean, it, and that wouldn't
2: surprise me. Del Toro, with his love of other movies. He's not shame. He's not. He's not. He's not afraid to quote from other stuff. Uh, and that's also a great speech. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I mean, it's a great speech. It's a great speech on paper, and then you hand it to Idris Elba, and let him do his thing, and it's like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. By the way, I could, I could do an entire cast on how much better Pacific Rim would have been if Elba had been the star instead of Charlie Hunnam. Oh my. god God, that would have been such a better movie if he had been the central character and not Hunnam. In fact, let's just write his character out of the movie. And I might have an entirely different opinion of the film. As it stands, I like it, but I don't love it. But that's because Hunnam absolutely drags that film down. He's dead weight. That said, Pacific Rim is probably the movie that most makes me think of uh, Independence Day, of everything that we've had since, because it does have that sense of humor. But anyway, as I said, this is... I I like I uh, I like the handling of the president. One thing that I like is the relationship he has with his daughter played by a very tiny Mae Whitman. This is where we're going to have oh, to derail really? this is where we're going to have to derail the cast for a few minutes because we have to talk about a controversy that the sequel is facing. Ah. Uh Whitman's character is a central character in the new movie. Uh-huh. Guess who's not in the movie? Mae Whitman. Yeah, she
1: was not brought back for the sequel. <sighs> That's unfortunate that's very unfortunate she is very active i don't understand
2: well that's the thing that's ridiculous i know that uh, will smith's uh stepson is also an active character in the movie but i don't think that the actor that played him isn't working particularly anymore i think he's quit the business but whitman is working constantly i mean and here's the thing i really kind of have to believe i don't know what the rule what the reasons are but first of all it can't be for talent because she's an exceptionally talented actress. Uh she's
1: Oh god, yeah.
2: Very, very gifted. If it's because of looks, if if it's because they wanted to cast somebody prettier, which I kind of think was the case. I'm almost certain of that because the actress they cast is conspicuously more conventionally pretty. Mhm. It's time. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. And you can leave that in the cast.
1: You're Dialogue is PG thirteen, and that's your one five. That's that's it. That's the one I'm going
2: with. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Because I, I'm sorry that this really does offend me because it goes to the core of everything I hate. Because it's good old fashioned sexism. It's good old fashioned looksism. It, and the the stupid thing about it is, I don't even. I, I've always thought Whitman was actually quite pretty. That's the stupid thing. Mm-hmm. In fact, even on Arrested Development, they started to, they kind of quit making that her character trait. Yeah. You know, and, and wound up going on ahead and acknowledging that and instead making her character unappealing by giving her a personality that was unappealing. You know? Yes. I. This is this is baffling to me. And I've heard some people say, oh, you're just white knighting,
1: blah, blah, blah. No, shut up. Shut up. God. No, in yeah, in uh, season four, there's a brilliant uh, thing where, you know, all the other characters have kind of been screwing her over, so she gets her revenge. Mm-hmm. And she gets to walk off, mm-hmm. you know, the victor. Just in, yeah, the victor, yeah.
2: I don't know, but I'm almost, an, oh, also, I think, that also they cast an actress who was younger than her to play it. So, there we go. There's, there's some other stupidity. <sighs> Hollywood, don't do this.
1: Yeah, it's not like, sh- you know, she wouldn't be, um, this takes place 20 years after? That was, tw- the movie was 20 years ago. It's not like she wouldn't be proportionally aged.
0: Well.
2: I mean, that's, this is, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not cool with this. And again, I've heard the other actress is actually quite good. I haven't seen her in anything, but I, I, she is respect, but all the same. No, no, no. I, this, this reeks of, this reeks of looksism. I'm sorry. And so there's, so with that out of the way, let's address, you know, let's, let's talk about Will Smith's character. Cause again, this movie really broke him big. Um, you know, as I said, I really think bad boys is the one that did it. But this is the one that cemented him. It's like if Bad Boys broke him, this is the one that guaranteed he was going to stick around at least for a few years. Here's the issue, here's the thing about his character. This is a movie star performance. This is a movie star performance like the few I can recall. He is so charming in this movie, he is so charismatic. He he was in the shape of his life when he did it, ridiculously ripped. I mean, this was a guy who was going to become a major movie star. There was no way, I mean, as, as let's face it, racist as the industry can be, they weren't going to deny that here's this good-looking, utter force of charisma, who's also a talented actor. Yeah, Smith came out of this well, and he deserved to. That said, can I ask something? Why on earth does everybody insist upon uh, changing that line to Welcome to Earth instead of Earth? He pronounces it clearly.
0: Welcome to Earth.
2: He pronounces it very clearly actually.
1: It's one of those social memory things that's really weird like, you know, Luke I am your father mm. or
2: Beam me up Scotty, which by the way it... It's time for uh, Star Trek to actually get that in there. I would not be surprised if... uh, (laughs) With Simon Pegg... the third film. Yeah, with Simon Pegg being the geek that he is, I would expect him to maybe do something like that. Yes. By the way, did you see the trailer that just came out? I haven't seen the recent one, no. Oh my god, it looks good. It looks so good. It looks... Yeah, I'm I'm sold on the first trailer alone. I mean, I thought the first trailer looked great, but this looks even better. This looks way better. This... This looks like real... It looks gorgeous, too. This looks like the best-looking Star Trek we've had yet. So I got some hope. I got some
1: hope. Um, I'm not too surprised on that, because, you know, the... uh, I'm not a big fan of the Fast and Furious series, but from what I've seen of them, you know, they're good-looking films.
2: Yeah, they are. Justin Lin knows what he's doing. I'm really excited that he's coming over. Uh, And, by the way, credit due to Justin Lin. You know that the lawsuit that was dropped uh, against... uh, The uh, start against the fan film, like you know, that Paramount dropped a lawsuit against. uh, They had been suing a fan film. Paramount actually, yeah. uh, uh, Justin Lin actually came to Paramount and said stop, and ordered them (laughs) to drop the lawsuit. He said, "Look, nice." Yeah. So credit due to Justin Lin for that. Um, So anyway, so anyway, um, as I said, we're we're, getting back to this movie. getting back to smith in this movie it's a it's a great performance it's a thin character he's a he's a fighter pilot there's nothing much there's no depth to him he's just he's a fighter pilot but you know what it's a it's a charismatic performance it's a charming performance and smith makes for such a great action hero i mean of course he came out of this big this was one of those times where hollywood placed their bets really correctly because after this hollywood did become convinced smith was the next big thing and they were right
1: yeah, I think the movie after this, uh, directly after this, was Men in Black. Yeah,
2: you know what's interesting about this movie? I checked. This is actually a full hour longer than Men in Black.
1: Really? Yeah. This is a.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, wow. Which is which? I actually believe because this really, this is a long movie. It's two hours and thirty three minutes. But man, it, I think
1: it uses its time really well. Actually. Yeah, I do, I do not remember it as being that long. That's amazing.
2: I did remember it being that long, but in a good way, because it uses that time. It uses every second that it's got to convey the scope of this big, epic, worldwide event. We talked about the actress. Let's talk about the invasion, because the invasion itself is just expertly done. Um, And this is where we're going to kind of start to get into the changes that have happened. This movie is widely seen as the last great practical effects show, and I agree. Hmm. This is the... this is the last movie where I think practical effects really were allowed to shine before CGI came and took over so much. This was yeah. the grand CGI this was the grand I mean there is CGI in it let's not kid ourselves there's quite a bit but but a lot of the shots that people really remember are like the mo- like the White House blowing up it's a model.
1: Yeah and of course the the aliens themselves their models
2: they're they're spectacular uh they're they're spectacular looking uh the alien the alien design in this movie is great and never gets talked about, but it's wonderful alien design i i i've always loved it
1: yeah, because it's like they have they have like a organic armor thing going
2: yeah they're they're cool looking yeah, the alien ships themselves are absolutely gorgeous to study. I mean, they're not just flat saucers. There's so much detail on them.
1: Yeah, they're almost almost like a uh, combination of, like, our our fighter pilots and, like, they actually look like they'd be believable as uh, planes. And then, like, the, uh, and then you've also got
2: the uh, big saucers, which look, if you study the detail on them, they're gorgeous. I mean, there's so much, like, intricate design work there. There was, there, was, there was some, even though this was kind of a rushed film, there was some actual time spent on it. And you can see it. I mean, this is a movie that looks, the, the set design, that's the thing. There's not green screen sets everywhere. This is all practical sets. Uh, Area 51 itself looks great. I mean, they do a really good job of making Area 51 look appealing. So I mean I, I I and of course then you've got Brent Spiner's character in that movie just absolutely running away with it. We didn't get to him, but yeah, Brent Spiner. I
1: forgot he was in that. Yeah,
2: Brent Spiner steals the movie as a uh, deranged doctor working in uh, uh, working at Area Fifty One who obviously gets killed when an alien uh, grabs him and takes o and uh, mentally takes over his body and and lays out the exposition for what's going on on the alien invasion. And then Spiner's character. Oh, that's
1: who that is. Yeah. Okay, I didn't connect that yeah. with uh, the
2: actor. Yeah. Well, I mean, for one thing, he doesn't look like Data in the movie at all. So.
1: No, he does not. Is it just me, or is that character in the sequel?
2: We are going to get to that. I was building to that. I was making all these constant comments about him dying to point out that they did decide to because I always thought he was dead. I always, I always kind of took away from it was like. Even though they didn't explicitly say he was dead I always kind of took away from it Like, well, he's not surviving that No, he's, he survived it they, they brought him back for the sequel Because, because you know what? This is, a, this is an idiot alien invasion movie Why not?
1: Why not? A yeah, slight bit of retcon, but that's okay That's fine I, I, I'm I to... glad he's
2: coming back uh, I love everything about Area 51 There are so many great details to it It's just a great-looking set And a great-looking sequence uh, that alien, when the alien attacks him It's genuinely creepy It's a good sequence um, As I said, the the big blow-up sequences Still look great They still look fantastic uh, The movie hasn't really aged at all In terms of the special effects
1: Not really, no
2: I mean, I think you could put it out in theaters today with that s- You could put it out in theaters today Without a single change to it And I think it'd be like Jurassic Park You could put it out and no one would be feeling Oh, this is dated, this is tired No, it. It, it it hasn't, it hasn't dated in those regards. However, I think everybody can hear a big but in my voice, and I'll get to that in a second. But really, the special effects haven't dated. The cinematography hasn't dated. I think there was a certain point, about '93, '94, where the look of film just kind of standardized, really, and a lot of those movies don't look 20 years old because film preservation got seriously. Does Jurassic Park looked 20 years old?
1: No, it's not It doesn't
2: I mean, these there is a certain standardization that happened And I don't know I mean, and maybe that's just because that's my nostalgia speaking But I don't think it looks 20 years old I mean, there's stuff from that There's stuff that does look But that doesn't, so I don't know But, I, it's, as I said, it's a movie that still, I think, works Um. Uh, so let's talk about what doesn't work I mean, as I said, the alien The As I said, I could say more about the invasion But what is there to say except it's just really good, it's just really effective The explosions are great, I mean that's all there is to say Let's talk about what doesn't work Because there's a big issue that doesn't work here And this is going to be a big rant for me Let's talk about the social Let's talk about uh, how women and uh, Other people are portrayed in this movie um, First of all, we have to Strippers uh, Strippers. Uh, but before we get to the strippers Let's acknowledge that there is one gay character in the movie Which is more than a lot of other movies and he is an, And he is a Grotesque flaming queen Played by Harvey uh, yes. You know what's weird? I don't think that that's necessarily homophobia Because Roland Emmerich is very openly gay Yeah But it's still an awkward and weird thing to see I, I, I like Firestein, But it's awkward and weird that he's in it Yeah I don't know
1: I forgot he was in it
2: Yeah I didn't Um, But that's not nearly as bad as the thing That I can actually get on this movie for Which is My god this movie does not handle women at all well There are Three major female characters in it.
1: One of them is the president's wife, who dies. Yeah, one of them is, I remember very distinctly, uh, the girl that they follow for a bit that, like, is part of the alien welcoming Mm. committee. Yeah. and She gets fucking killed. She's
2: an idiot, and she's a, a very 90s new age. That sequence, okay, that's the most 90s thing about the entire movie, is the new age stuff. But she's an idiot, she gets killed. And then you've got Goldblum's estranged wife, who... A serves as an excuse to get uh, the character, to get his character connected with the uh, president, because she works in the White House as the communications director. And then the big one, which is Will Smith's uh, fiance, uh, who do, they do get married in the midst of the, all of this, because. And uh, she is a stripper. Stripper with a kid. A stripper with a kid. Oh, 90s and your horror. You're just repulsive, repugnant views of sex workers. Go to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she 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 is, of course, a tragic stripper. She doesn't enjoy the work. She's miserable. The idea is that Smith's character is going to save her. Mm. Um, okay. Hey, 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 hey Roland, I, I know you didn't have access to the same materials that I did, you know, in the 2000s, but dude, read a book. I'm not saying that there aren't characters like this, but that's an awfully sexist stereotype to uh, have flung into the movie. Yeah, I think Roland Emmerich has serious issues with women. No question about that. He definitely has serious issues with women. Because, really, women across all of his films tend to be pretty horrifyingly handled. That's one thing I've noticed. I mean, look at, look at you know, the not-casting of Mae Whitman. Yeah, the not-casting of Mae Whitman. Uh, Godzilla's handling of women. Which is just repugnant. Yeah, dude, you got uh. Let's see, 2012 includes an estranged wife who's uh. Well, I think they're even divorced, and she's remarried. Her husband gets killed, in the uh, global apocalypse, and uh, and she winds up getting back with her husband because you know, because.
1: That's how
0: it works.
2: Yeah. Uh, the day after tomorrow barely has any women in it. Now that I think about it, except for a love interest. Yeah, dude, you you got some serious issues with women. Um, there's a problem. There's a problem. They're not well handled in his films. Um, oh, and we're not even getting into the handling of Queen Elizabeth the First in uh, Anonymous, where she's established as a not being a virgin, b being kind of promiscuous, oh. and c uh, having fathered n- or having had numerous illegitimate children, one of whom she winds up having sex with.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that's what that movie's about. Jesus
1: Christ,
2: dude, get some wow. help. I know. I, I here's the thing. I hate the the trope of the tragic stripper because it's just it's just very unsettling, and it really goes it really goes against uh, what I've read and what I've heard. I mean, sure there are those out there, but there are tragic people in every job. I hate to break it to people, and like, just once I would like to see a woman who enjoys the job, who has fun with it. Uh, there are... the They, they do exist. I I They exist. They're out there. Um, I've seen lots
1: of evidence of it.
2: Yeah, th- th- there is evidence. There are books. I, I've read a couple of these books. They're actually very good. Uh, a lot of burlesque workers, which isn't the, quite the same thing, but it's related off to one side, really, really, really love their jobs.
1: Not to mention, like, you have to be pretty dedicated because that is a physically demanding job
2: it's a physically demanding job and it's one that these people do seem to greatly enjoy i mean i, I just i'm sorry i'm just this whole prudish thing i i mean i'm also over the tragic prostitute um and think about it is the tragic stripper shows up in movies that are even good movies uh the wrestler has that trope which by the way i have a feeling that a lot of people who really loved uh civil war and uh are just now hearing me uh, reference that uh, Marissa Tomei plays a stripper in it. Are probably racing to rent it because I've mentioned that now. <sighs> yeah. By the way, because have you seen the wrestler? I have not. It's quite good. It's quite good, um, and she's really good in it actually. But she plays a woman who she's getting older. She's getting unattractive. Oh, 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 grow up. The funny thing about it is I think that movie's like two thousand nine. Yeah, it's from two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, get, getting older and uh, losing your looks—that's that's not really something Tomei is struggling with too hard. I'm just gonna point that out. God, I've been boy, I've, boy, I've been really bringing all kinds of of things I don't want actually in the cast to your attention, haven't I? But I'm just sick of this <laughs> trope. I'm sick of seeing it. I'm over it. I'm tired of it. And this movie doesn't do a good job with it. That's the sad part; is it doesn't do a very good job with it. And I wish it did, but uh, but uh, that's the thing that I, I I think I do find very irritating. Is it's like, on one hand, it is nice to see a uh, black guy in the in one of the key roles. That is kind of nice, and sadly, that's not all that common still today. But this movie still had. But this movie still gets so much wrong, and that's frustrating for me in terms of the social values. It's it's like one step forward, many steps back. Yeah, but all the same, I don't know. I mean, those are but 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 here's the thing: those are minor complaints next to, and for what's worth, Vivica A. Fox actually does a fine job in the role and actually does give a pretty strong, spirited performance. All the same, and she is at least depicted as a strong character who uh, manages to survive everything that's happened by being intelligent and instinctive. So that is actually kind of a positive thing there. So I'm gonna give the film that. All the same, this is a really fluffy movie. This is not a serious movie, but I think it's stuck around precisely for that reason. It's it's fun. It's something to go back to. It's it's kind of a movie that almost felt like it was nostalgic even the day it was released. Yeah. So to that end, I'm going to I'm gonna shift the cast a bit and ask a question, because this is the, something that's been kind of on my mind since we started, decided we were going to do
1: this cast. Do you think this movie would get made today? Well... It's funny you should ask that, because they are totally making it today. Well, I mean, even putting the sequel aside. (laughs) Putting the sequel aside. Okay. Um, Because that's the thing. Obviously, (laughs) they're making it, but they're making
2: it, they're, they're making the sequel because of the nostalgia, is what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true, I guess. Well, I think so. Maybe not quite in the same way. Yeah. A few things have changed. Like, the movie hasn't really dated at all. Maybe the computer virus solution doesn't crop up. It might be a little more elaborate than that. Yeah. Um, Or maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's self-proclaimed ridiculous enough that maybe they just don't give a shit. But yeah, maybe not in the same way. Maybe some of the uh, stereotypes get updated. I hope so. Uh... Yeah, you would hope. Otherwise, yeah, I think so. I mean, disaster like disaster movies in and of themselves, like they still exist. They're still being made. San Andreas was just made. Yeah,
2: I will. I will say I think San Andreas probably got made because they got an actual star for it. Yeah, because Dwayne Johnson does genuinely open films. He does, and with good reason. He is absolutely a a star of the first magnitude. I love watching the guy. He's he's just so entertaining. He transitioned really well from wrestling. He did. He did. Um, I think it helps that he's just such a ridiculously charismatic, likable guy who can do anything they ask him to do. So yeah. Um, and and also he's a hell of an actor. Uh, have you ever seen Pain and Gain? I haven't. yet uh, No. He's so good in it. He's really shockingly good in it. Uh. I mean it really says something that he's up against Mark Wahlberg, Ed Harris, and Anthony Mackey, and he's delivering just as good as they are, so Wow. But uh I I here's my thoughts on if it gets made today. I I think so, but it needs uh, I wonder. And I'm going to tell you why I wonder And that's because before we did this cast I ran down some statistics Between 1980 and 1996 You had about an even split of uh, Originals and adaptations being made Or being the top grossing films of their year uh, It was Some years it would be an original Some years it would be an adaptation And some years even the adaptations were kind of loose uh, I'm very loosely counting um, Adap- uh, Aladdin as an adaptation Because it's part of the Disney line However, in the 20 years since this movie came out, a grand total of three films that were strictly written for the screen, not based on any previous source material, no sequels, no nothing, were the top grossing films of their year. Three out of 20 years. And you want to know a really scary statistic? Two-thirds of those were directed by the same guy. So that's even worse for original material. The uh, And then the third was Saving Private Ryan. Is it
1: considered original material if it's based on a historical event? It's, but it's not really,
2: it's not directly based on a historical event It's based on very, it's not, yeah It's based on something that kind of happened, but not really Like, it's not directly, it's not, you know, there I There has to be an absolute specific event for me And even so, I would still consider that original
1: Yeah, I mean, it's Probably the most uh, historical thing in there is just how the ship sank. That's it.
2: (laughs) Or Titanic.
1: Yeah, I... Titanic, yeah. That's what I was talking about. Okay, I thought you were (laughs) talking about Saving Private
2: Ryan, which... uh, Oh, no, no, no. Okay, that's an interesting thing. (laughs) uh, You've also got two of those based on historical events. I'm going to go on ahead and call them originals because the characters, the story, all that are original. Um... Though you are right, I mean that is kind of an iffy case because a lot of that footage of the Titanic in the movie is actual footage. Um, yeah. From I from what I understand, James Cameron has spent about as much time at the bottom of the ocean as the world's top oceanographers. Like I I think he's I think he's in the top tier of people who've spent time at the bottom of the ocean. I that's the, but that's the thing. You since then you've had sequels you've had. This was the big summer movie of that year. It was sold as the big summer movie of that year. And it was a completely original property nobody knew anything about. I think this gets made, but I think it does specific rim numbers, frankly. That's the real truth. I don't think think this does blockbuster numbers. I think it's a decent performer. I also think maybe it doesn't even open in the summer. And that's strange because this is such a quintessential summer movie. But the fact that it's an original... Really keeps it out of the loop. I mean, things have changed dramatically, and that's kind of why I wanted to use this movie as a flashpoint for that. Because this is a movie that works so precisely and works so well, and I don't. I think it's enough of a spec script idea. That's the thing. I'm not even sure if this gets produced, because there are spec scripts every day. I don't feel like it has enough of a big hook. Aliens invade Earth is a big subject. It's not a specific hook. I don't know that this gets made today. Even if it's well executed, there are a lot of really great executed scripts that just don't get made. And I, and that's a weird thing to think about because, again, I, I still think the movie works so well. But the industry has really changed. Original properties just don't get made. And I've tried not to be one of those people that laments that, but I do think there is something to be said for the fact that's not a good thing. I don't think that's a good thing I don't think this is something we should be okay with As an audience So yeah, those are my thoughts on that I, I don't think it gets made And I, I wish it did I, I don't think it would So those are my thoughts on it Other than the, you know, the sequel oh, other than <laughs> this, But again, the sequel happens because of nostalgia That said I wish Hollywood would take more chances on specs um, 10 Cloverfield Lane Was based on a spec and they, admittedly, they took the spec, they ran it through a wood chipper, and then, surprisingly enough, they reconstituted it into an even better film, because, seriously, they took an excellent script, heavily rewrote it, and wound up making a better film than than the script was. That's that's impossible. I don't even know how the hell they pulled that off. That said, there is hope, and I want to point to some places that I do think there is hope for the original film, and one of those is right there with J.J. Uh, J. Abrams. Abrams has Remains very much in the spec game He did Super 8 which was An original Uh, Okay yeah he did just bring back Star Wars And I'm so sick to death of people Complaining about how much The Force Awakens Is like A New Hope I heard that
1: recently and I'm just like I don't see why this is a problem
2: Yeah it outright steals the structure Of A New Hope It's the greatest structure in any film in cinema history Do not complain about that And George Lucas stole that structure from Hidden Fortress, so yeah, it's, what's the problem? It's a perfect structure. <laughs> so just, ugh. but anyway, I, I think Abrams is doing something good. He's got a guard, uh, he's got a God particle coming out next year. That's an original story. Um, he's always looking. Uh, he's got uh, a remake coming that, uh, but it's a remake of, an, of a of a film that no one has seen. So I'm kind of intrigued. I, I'm intrigued by what Bad Robot can do. Um, I'm also always hopeful for what Bloomhouse is doing. Here's the thing. They pump out a lot of crap, but they also pump out a lot of quality. It, when you pump out so much, as uh, Jason Bloom and his people do, it's not a bad thing. And Bloom is always looking for something interesting. Some of the more interesting horror films of late have come from his people. That said, yeah, he did just get the rights to the Halloween franchise, but honestly, I expect him to do something good. I also think we need to be looking at the indies for good, interesting films. I know we just did the Six Years cast. Uh, y'all are hearing this much later than that, but we did just do that. and it uh, Actually, that's not fair, to, and that movie is not fair to the independent scene. There are a lot of good independent filmmakers. That's the thing. If this movie does get made, it gets made with a very low budget, and it probably doesn't look all that much different, bizarrely enough. Does that make sense? Because the cost of doing... Some of the effects in this movie has plummeted so dramatically. Maybe you don't get all the epic shots, but a talented director could still convey the devastation. You could still do it. I, I, I could see a low-budget version of this movie happening and being very good. So I mean, yeah. look to the indies. I think that that's where the hope is going to come for original material. But you know, I don't know. We got, we got to get. I, I that said, Hollywood, come on. You got to, got to get start taking chances. Because this whole IP thing is going to hurt you You gotta start taking chances And Disney quit making it so much That uh quit making that look So unappealing for people Ugh, They're the worst They're the worst because they're so good So, Those are my thoughts on it
1: yeah, One thing i to say Before we uh before we leave this Is I do remember Fox aired a Uh special To hype uh for It was like behind the scenes special Oh, they don't make those anymore Yeah, I know right uh, For Independence Day and they structured it Like a War of the Worlds type thing Where they structured it like a news uh, Story and I still Have that on VHS somewhere That's uh, that's cool I'm sure it's online Somewhere I will point out by the way That they actually did
2: a number of very good tie In products for this they did Two novels uh, That uh, One that took place beforehand And was a uh, prequel novel with uh, Spiner's character that's Actually, very good. And then another novel that's set uh, in the uh, that uh, tells of a separate battle that went on that we didn't see. Uh, those are pretty well regarded. Um, I've read the uh, I've read the prequel novel. They also did a very good job with the novelization. Uh, Emmerich and uh, Devlin actually consulted on it, and uh, yeah, they actually worked on it. So the novelizations are actually very good. I, I do recommend people seek them out. Um, they have a tie-in novel out now for that's uh, a prequel, covering the twenty years that happened between the first movie and this one. Uh, I want to pick it up. I'm, I'm hoping to read it. So yeah, uh, th- so they did that. They also had a BBC radio play actually that dealt with the invasion from a British perspective. I highly recommend huh. that if people can get their hands on it. It's uh, from radio drama genius uh, Dirk Maggs uh, uh, wrote it. It's very good. If you can get your hands on, it, it's great. I do believe that he's one of the people behind the Hitchhiker's Guide radio show. Yes, yes, he, he was. Yes, um, yeah, which are
1: fantastic.
2: Yeah, so you have got real, ta- real talented people on that. I recommend people seek that out if they can hear it. I'm glad this movie has lasted. Um, I, I, I think, I think my dad hit on the key appeal of it when he uh, saw the uh, trailer for the second one. He was like, "The joy of the movie," and I think this is why it hit the mainstream audience so hard. Wasn't that the aliens had some convoluted plot. It was that they just did good old-fashioned shock and awe. And, yeah. and blew up the... You know, and just blew things up. That really did connect with mainstream audiences. And honestly, isn't that the more likely way that an alien invasion would go? They they wouldn't they wouldn't do some bizarre, elaborate, labyrinthine conspiracy. They'd just blow us the hell up.
1: Yeah. It's like, you're on our way just... Get the fuck out of our way, yep, so <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I hope every so um you know if if I do get to see the sequel, it's highly unlikely I'll get to see it before video because of you know cub, but uh i i'm i'm glad i am glad I saw this movie i'm i am i i'm I'm glad we covered
1: it, and uh those are my thoughts, yep, same here, yeah you can find this at the source of the cast at uh the uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, usually comes out the day after there and rate review us there as always. yet yeah, you can email us at filmburn at gmail.com. We encourage that. you can find us on our Twitters Austin at untitled user. I am at perband p r d and the cast as a whole is at Film Room Cast. And, of course, Harold Ragsdale. You can find him at Cybergun Films. Yeah, you can find us on our Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash thefilmroom. We have almost 800 likes on there, which is impressive. I am so happy with how the Facebook page is doing. You can find us on our side blog, of course. Uh, a lot of stuff going on there. Thefilmroomlobby.wordpress.com and of course, last but not least, last but never least the Patreon. Mhm. Yeah, we thank you guys for your continued support. It is very much appreciated. Like it's it's great not to have to worry about, you know, the cost of running the podbean. It really is. Um yeah, and not not having to worry about space, that is that has been continuously so wonderful. It's it it is. And we and we really want
2: to do some fun stuff with it. Um the mini-sodes are very much intended as something to be fun, something for us to do with it. Um, so, yeah, we hope y'all are enjoying it. Thank
1: thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Sean from Notoli. And thank you, Nathan. Patreon.com/slash the filmer. Uh, and now I do have to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah.